Welcome to Social Workers Break Room. This is Imelda. And I'm Jennifer. And today we bring you journalism around the world, cultural implications of podcasts and broadcasting. This week, we connected with journalists from around the world via Zoom to explore journalism and media in the new millennium. Stay with us. We are excited to have with us today a delegation of international journalists and media professionals. These participants are invited by the International Visitor Leadership Program of the U.S. Department of State. Meridian International Center arranged their program and hosted by Global Ties Arizona. Welcome, everyone. We are very excited to share time with you today. Um, thank you for joining us and for, for sharing um, a little bit of your day with us and your expertise as well. Uh, we have a few questions that will help us guide our conversation and to help us make sure that we capture your important individual perspectives. If you will please start your responses with your name and the country you are from. All right, we're going to get ahead started. And our first question, and whoever wants to wants to answer this one, our first question is, while not unbiased, the U.S. has relatively free media to be able to distribute content. What has been, well, what have been some of the challenges with being able to distribute news or your expertise? Hi, uh, I'm Juana. I'm based in Bucharest, Romania. I've been a journalist for 17 years. I work for public service media, where I run the online department. Uh, I've been working here for 10 years now. Uh, at first, I started as a news reporter. Before working here, I've worked in other several newsrooms in Bucharest, including a news agency and a central daily newspaper. So uh, I, I've also been a freelancer for about two years. So overall, I have a general uh, uh, image of the Romanian media scenery, and I've lived some of its up, ups and downs. Uh, Romania is a member of the European Union, so uh, it basically guarantees freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean there aren't any problems in the media. So it happened to me in the past uh, to face pressures, to face censorship from owners of newspapers, um, uh, but the good news is this didn't happen within the public broadcaster I work for now. So I would say one big advantage of working for public service media is the freedom we get. Uh, there's no pressure, no censorship whatsoever. Well, that doesn't mean we don't have we don't face challenges. You know, we, we all know there's no absolute freedom. So uh, I'm facing other types of challenges here. Uh, the biggest one right now is the enormous bureaucracy. So we, um, um, being a public organization, being financed with public money, it means a lot of uh, bureaucracy, and it's really hard to change things you know, in, within it. Uh, my focus right now is to help the organization make a transition from a traditional media one, where television is a priority, to a more digital one. Uh, but this is easier said than done. <laughs> and another challenge I'm facing also is the lack of resources. I think this is uh, general all over the world, you know, uh, lack of technology, lack of budgets, um, um, too few uh, people. Uh, so in a nutshell, I would say uh, uh, the, the media scenery might be similar to what, what Trish from uh, Kenya has to, to tell you next. Thank you, Anna. Uh, my name is Trish Sewe. I'm coming from Kenya. And um, I think uh, sharing from currently where I sit, I work for an organization that's uh, conservation based organization. So I'll share my experience both from working in a nonprofit and also um, at the beginning, early career when I was still a journalist. And so because as an organization, we work on highlighting um, 
stories about local conservation heroes, the biggest challenge we have with um, uh, this particular issue that we are talking about today is um, getting that platform to shine light on the local conservation heroes um, widely. So a lot of times you find that um, you'd like to distribute uh, news or um, celebrate amazing work that people are doing in conservation, but um, it's not picked quickly. Um, you find that more of crisis gets center stage attention. Uh, you find that um, when successes and amazing things happen and the resilience of people on the ground, um, those tend to be um, overlooked. And so um, here we find that a lot of heroes are celebrated outside the country more than locally because that doesn't become a top priority of um, news that you want to share with everybody. Um, the other challenge, like Wana says, is that um, with news, depending on the ownership, is it a state broadcaster, is it a privately owned uh, news uh, station, uh, the challenges are that there's still some control. In as much as we say there's freedom uh, for press, uh, there's a lot of challenges that we have when um, uh, you tend to want to share facts and uh, issues. You get hurdles, and um, with those hurdles, you are either gagged in terms of you cannot speak. And sometimes it's um, the reasons that are given is that this is a matter of security. So you cannot go ahead and say what you want to say, even though you'd like the people to be able to receive the news as is. And so that leaves an open speculation and um, then a lot of mistrust because people are not getting the information that they want. And, and in my early career, when I just finished uh, college and was a news reporter writing for local uh, newspapers, that was a big challenge that sometimes you'd even get into trouble when you publish uh, certain stories. And so because of that, um, you have those limits. And that was a, a challenge. All right. Uh, so moving to our second question, uh, which Sanaa was great enough to already put in the chat for us, is, you know, we are primarily an audio platform. So, you know, some of you practice in television, you know, some of you practice in maybe radio or print. What do you notice about your storytelling or the way you convey messages when you don't have visual media available? What kind of changes about how you approach giving that information? Uh, Wana from uh, Romania, from the public broadcaster in Romania. Um, everything is visual in a TV station. So uh, we mostly work with visuals, with image. Uh, in ours, most of the content is first aired and then distributed online uh, without much change to it. So this is a big problem for us at the moment. Uh, it's far from the ideal situation. Uh, TV content should go through a different editing process to be good for online channels. We all know videos should be shorter, much more engaging, catchy. Um, unfortunately, this doesn't happen in our uh, um, news uh, station right now. Um, I, I, so I'm hoping uh, the next time we meet, <laughs> uh, I'll have uh, uh, good news on that. And uh, I hope uh, we'll be much more uh, impactful online also. Hi, um, this is Trish from Wildlife Direct, Nairobi, Kenya. Um, I think for us, the way we see... Um, is changing. As Wana says, everything 
is visual when you're working for a TV station. But as an organization, a nonprofit conservation organization, we do a lot of our reporting on wildlife crime through uh, print. So we uh, produce reports on um, what does uh, law enforcement, uh, how does law enforcement handle wildlife crime uh, in Kenya? And we do that through print. We also are using television where we are creating um, documentaries and we create a popular television series about local conservation heroes and heroines and the wildlife that they are saving. But what I see are coming up more powerfully right now is the agency and um, the ownership of the people who are leaving the stories that you tell, having more of a voice, um, whether it's through audio, whether it's through their personal stories that are being put out there and having more of that happening right now, rather than being more of um, somebody else telling their stories. And that is something that we are advocating for in Kenya. That, that is so powerful. Um, it, it puts back the power to the people and the people who are experiencing the issue. Um, very, I'm, I'm so, so excited to hear that. Um, do I know that we, you know, uh, Oana touched base on it quickly on how it is um, still a challenge for some media outlets to transition their content from a regular TV and printed media to a social uh, platform or social media, uh, like videos might be too long or the content just doesn't really translate to the short attention span of social media, the social media users have. Um, so, and we can continue talking about this, you know, uh, as our conversation progresses, but I think this will be a good time to introduce our, our next question, uh, which is with, with the rapid growth of social media and diverse media outlets like podcasting, um, do you think more traditional media such as TV and radio will need to adjust uh, to reach the consumers in other ways? And what are some of those challenges or changes that you think uh, need to happen for more traditional um, news outlets to, to meet the needs of the community. Juana from Romania's public media, uh, public service media. Um, I'm more than convinced that traditional media, and I work for a very traditional organization right now, has to adapt really fast to nowadays world and technology, or it will just keep losing audience and have less and less impact in society, and that's a pity. Uh, people's expectations have changed completely. They want to consume whatever they feel like, whenever they want, and, and uh, on what device they choose. So it's less and less people turning on the TV for the evening news. Most of the people get them online in real time. Um, plus uh, recent crises like the COVID uh, have just increased the pace of change in the use of technology. So it, it's a pity we weren't able to keep up the pace. And it's really clear to me that if we fail to do it now, this year, next year, uh, we'll be on a losing streak. Trish from Nairobi, Kenya. I think that... Um it's inevitable that uh, traditional media has to pick up the pace and be able to adopt to the uh, times. And one of the things that um, I see here in Kenya is that a lot of radio and TV stations also have invested in uh, the digital platform and so there's social media there's instagram um, platforms this twitter which a lot of kenyans use to get uh news real time as one sees and um 
one of the things that we as an organization are doing to um, share the stories that we are producing, the wildlife documentary series that we produce, such as Wildlife Warriors, we broadcast it on television. And so this is a traditional media, but we are actively using um, social media. We're using Facebook and we're using Twitter and Instagram to promote those TV series and those episodes every week. And so we drive traffic to TV through our social media and we do small promotions of um, promotional videos about what's coming up. So you get a snippet and you get excited about wanting to go and watch it. And we also engage people through um, quizzes. We ask questions and people answer them. And um, we also have that um, after watching, we are able to go back to social media and say thank you to you and also organize uh, just a conversation uh, between the heroes who are featured on TV, on social media, or just having community meet with them. And so marrying those two between traditional media and um, the digital platform, social media, um, helps to put everything easily accessible for everybody. And so working together makes it even much more better. So if it's if you're in traditional media and you don't keep up with um, uh, social media, you're going to lose a lot of your audience because everybody has a phone now or want to get news and information firsthand. People are not going to wait for a whole week to see your episode. They want to see what are you planning now. Um, and, and that's the only way to, to go. People have to adjust to be able to keep up with the consumers. Yeah, I was just mentioning uh, how Trish uh, mentioned how they use um, a short clips of the videos that they're going to have on their platform or on the news. Um, this is a very um, effective uh, tool that that we also use. We actually started using it then this season for our podcast. Um, we do um, what do we call them? Um, sound bites, sound bites, um, where we're able to take maybe like. 15, 30 second max about uh, something powerful and impactful that was said during our, our episode or one of our <clears> guest speakers <throat> said, and then we posted on, on social media. Um, so it, it creates, it generates a lot of engagement because people, um, if they hear 15 seconds or 30 seconds of what the conversation looks like, they get engaged and they're like, oh, wait, I want to listen, want to hear more about this. Uh, and they're more likely to go into the site. So, that's um there I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that uh because that's something that we we also started just using uh recently and as we're you know evolving and changing to 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 reach our audience where they're at i know we don't have a ton of time left but with the time that we do have and you know the brilliant humans that we have here i'm wondering if there's anything else you'd either like to ask or you'd like to share about you know journalism and broadcasting and media where you are now um, maybe what you see in the U.S. or what you hope to be the changes in the future. Juana from Romania. Um, uh, I really appreciate programs like uh, the one we're in right now. Uh, it's a great opportunity to meet people and connect with people. And I'm really happy uh, to see that though we are from very different parts of the world and cultures, uh, we relate on so many levels and on so many issues. Um, um, for example, uh, if uh, Trish and I were in the same country, we would, or in the same newsroom, we would definitely be friends. I can relate with her on a lot of uh, levels. 
Um, and um, re regarding what you were saying earlier, um, uh, it's clear that uh, there's no way out. Uh, going digital, going social is the only way for broadcasting. And um, sure, you have to, to do journalism the old-fashioned way and uh, do your storytelling the way uh, the unbi be unbiased, uh, uh, be accountable, uh, be very reliable in what you do. But if you do it and uh, then you, you don't get it promoted, it's a pity because it reaches a few people and the impact is very low. So um, um, looking at my organization, looking well, of what's happening around the world, looking at Ukraine, a neighboring country to Romania, looking at what's happening in the US, uh, um, January 6th and other uh, big uh, events you've had recently, uh, everything was online. We, we, we had the chance to uh, feel it and live it uh, the moment it happened. So this is what people are looking for, uh, being live, being in real time and feeling the emotion when things are happening. Uh, so I hope uh, the organization I work for really understands that and uh, really adapts to the world we live in. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity that uh, uh, I've given or I'm given. And uh, because of the network, uh, I'm not explaining myself very well. And my name is Zalalem Ganamo from Ethiopia, uh, which is, uh, I'm, I'm working for the most diversified media organization, uh, very diversified, very culture-based uh, media organization, <clears throat> which broadcasts about 48 local languages. Uh, and I am 14 years uh, working experience in this media organization from starting to the reporter to, uh, to, to the content manager. Uh, and now I'm a content manager and deputy CEO and the content manager of uh, my organization, South Radio and Television Agency, uh, for brief explanation of myself. And when I come to uh, the question, I think uh, now the social media is impacting uh, in different ways, uh, spreading spreading different distorted con contents and disinformation and misinformation, especially these two things are very important uh, in using this uh, so social media outlets. But um, my concern is that managing social media outlets are very difficult, very difficult in this globalized world because the content that this spread is mostly affect and uh, you know, dehumanize the human society, especially in accountability or uh, misuse of uh, or spreading different messages are also very difficult. But I, my focus is that we should have to use the mainstream medias, uh, such as television, radio, and print, and so on, and so forth. Because fact verification is very important, and, and there is also the accountability of uh, the transmitters or the broadcasters. Uh, but the social media can be easily susceptible for distortion and for misuse of uh, any 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 content that harms and hurts the society. So my concern is um, it's better to focus on those traditional media outlets than the social media outlets. Okay, uh, because uh, nobody can take the accountability. Okay, the responsibility of any spreading messages. Okay, so uh, especially those uh, broadcasters of uh, um, the the mainstream medias like television, radio, and so on and so forth, 
have the accountability and the, the responsibility for what they are spreading, okay? For what they are transmitting. So it is better to focus on, on these issues because it is not manageable, okay? Okay, social media outlets and the information that they give is not manageable, okay? Uh, and anybody cannot take the accountability and the responsibility for what has been uh, or spreading or uh, the content is okay. So uh, my concern in the future uh, should given uh, the attention for those social media, I mean, for those mainstream media outlets, uh, especially for television, radio, and the print media. And even they have a great power over those social media outlets, okay? Because society believes uh, the, the content that they produce and that they transmit is true or, or and, uh, very verified over the others, okay, than the others. So uh, my concern is this. I'm sorry for the, my, my language. I think... Uh, <laughs> Zelan, can you tell us, is, are there any podcasts in your part of Ethiopia? Do you work with podcasts or do you know of some? Uh, sorry, will you come again, please? Do you know if there are any podcasts in your area of Ethiopia? Podcasts? Yeah. Um, actually, it is, uh, uh, it is a new, in, it is new for our, my country. We are experiencing and uh, practicing uh, podcasts is, is very new agenda and issue especially in Ethiopia media industry, okay? It's, it's now uh, literally being introduced, okay? Introduced and then some um, journalists and the media owners uh, are just trying to use it currently, but uh, it is not something very experienced and uh, it's, it's a new issue in general, okay? Thank you. So this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation and we've learned so much. We are eternally grateful for you sharing your perspectives and your time on this Saturday with us. We want to wish you a great rest of your visit. And again, thank you for joining us on our episode here today. As always, for the resources from this episode, go to our website, socialworkersbreakroom.com and make sure to connect to us on Instagram, Facebook, and email us at info at Until next time.